1: Prince Andrew, stripped of his titles as Prince Charles, avoids a question about his brother. I think Charles's decision to keep quiet in this circumstance was very purposeful because I don't think he's going to make any public comment.
0: Then Prince Harry says his family cannot return to the UK
1: unless he can pay for police protection, as Prince Charles invites Harry to stay with him. Prince Charles misses his grandchildren. He's never met Lilibet, as far as we know. And royal expert and author of The Houseful of Windsor, Kristen Contino, breaks down how William was
0: instrumental instrumental in the Queen's decision to strip Andrew of his royal titles and what is next for the family during
2: this Jubilee year. So I think that really shows and I think that's interesting you know his growing influence and how she trusts his judgment and is you know looking for his advice and I think that's a great sign of you know things to come from William and you know how much she is relying on you know talking to him and his counsel and Charles of course was involved in that decision too. We've got that plus so much more in today's Royally Us. Hello to our
0: Hello, royal lovers, and welcome to Royally Us. I'm Christina, that's Christine, and welcome to another week of royal news. And man, Christine, was it busy, busy, busy. <laughs> was this the big week or what? <laughs> A huge week. So we are going to break it all down. Um, but before we get to it, let's uh, see what you guys had to say about last week's show. Jonesy says such beautiful photos to celebrate the 40th birthday of the Duchess of Cambridge. The monarchy will be safe in William and Catherine's hands. Her 40th birthday after this week seems like a lifetime ago, right? I, was that
1: only last week. I really can't believe that.
0: I know, but we have to agree those photos looked absolutely beautiful and a lot of people in the comments definitely agreed with us on that one. Um next goes to Heather. She says, "Good, it's about time the brothers made up and put this whole stupid situation to bed." Um that was of course you know in our interview with uh, Christopher last week, he said that he's heard that things are maybe getting a little bit better. We hope hope so but who knows <laughs>
1: I know we really hope I think that, you know, it's true that we're all ready for this to be over for their sake and for the sake of their relationship. But also because we keep rehashing the same, the same (laughs) thing, the
0: same thing over and over again. Yes, totally. Um, Well, let's get into our royal roundup and we have to kick it off with this big news uh, surrounding Prince Andrew. Now, the Duke of York has been stripped of his royal titles amid news that he could face trial in his ongoing sexual assault lawsuit. So Buckingham Palace released a statement and it said, with the queen's approval and agreement, the Duke of York's military affiliations and royal patronages have been returned to the queen. The Duke of York will continue not to undertake any public duties and is defending this case as a private citizen. I know, I think we said in last week's show that we didn't think that the queen would do this, but, uh, and you know, and then maybe Prince Charles would when he took the throne, but you know, she, she did, she stripped him of his Royal titles. And, uh, this was a very surprising, move I think I think That's you know We've we, surprising yes yeah we yeah. had
1: that conversation and I think it was like the same day or the very next day that this happened and mm-hmm. you and I said I don't think that the queen would do that it's it doesn't seem in her style it doesn't seem in her nature but I think everyone agreed that it was completely justified the right thing to do um, completely appropriate given the circumstances. But historically, I don't think the queen has really made these, I don't even want to call it a grand gesture, but these, you know, big dramatic statements, especially towards her family. We know that she's very fond of um, her son, Prince Andrew, but I think she, she must have seen that the situation is so serious and the allegations are so serious that he really wasn't going to, be a a good representation of their family anymore yeah i mean do you think that this should have happened a while ago
0: i mean a lot of people you know in comments when i was reading they were like you know she was quick to you know strip harry you know this was harry's decision to leave the royal family so she had to kind of do this but she was very quick to do that but it took her a long time to kind of put the wheels in motion to to do this to prince andrew
1: yeah i think that that's it's a really interesting point, but again, the circumstances are so different in the sense that Harry walked away and really, you know, um, made that choice himself. Whereas Prince Andrew put everyone in a really sticky situation where You know, he didn't he it didn't seem like he was going to go willingly. He didn't say, listen, in light of this, I'm going to step away. He really held on for a long time. And I think in any in any family situation, that's going to be really awkward when the guy just won't step down.
0: Right. No, totally. And in our conversation with Kristen a little bit later, she kind of details about how maybe Prince William and Prince Charles were very, you know, kind of instrumental in pushing the queen to strip him of these titles. And like we said, with this ongoing uh, sexual assault, a trial that could be looming, Uh, It seems like this was, you know, she kind of had to do this. And then they said that if if the trial does not get settled, then it could be set for either September or sometime between September and December of this year. So this is definitely going to be dragged out for quite some time. He has to speak out um, by July 14th, I believe it is. So, um, you know, like we said, that we're going to be talking about this for kind of the next few months.
1: Yeah, it's a shame that it does seem like this story isn't going to go away. It is, you know, a a cloud overshadowing the Jubilee. And I don't think it'll take away from the joy and excitement of the upcoming Queen's Jubilee, but it's definitely not going away. So I think having Andrew, you know, stripped of his titles, having him step back was the right move to take him further from the spotlight and really kind of to distance the royal family from yeah. that image. Right. Yeah. No. And like she said, she
0: he is going to be handling this case as a private citizen. So the clout of having uh, the royal family behind you is not really there anymore. So right. it'll be interesting to see how this kind of plays out and if he decides to settle. So we'll see. Um, but Prince Charles actually kept quiet when he was asked about his brother, Prince Andrew, um, like you said, who was stripped of his titles. Uh, the Prince of Wales stepped out in Abdenshire Scotland on January 14th, one day after Buckingham Palace confirmed the news. Um so here is how that went down. Take a look. So, can I ask you view on your position. You nice to see you. yeah. So yeah, so Charles was not having it. Just completely ignored reporters, which you kind of expected, but it, I don't believe he has right. spoken out about this in the past.
1: You know, he hasn't spoken out about this in the past. They have a very keep calm, carry on attitude. Mm-hmm. And if you look at other examples on royal events, reporters will shout questions. And it's very unusual that the royals actually respond. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more newsworthy when they do respond. And I, but however, I think Charles's decision to keep quiet in this circumstance was very purposeful because I, I don't think he's going to make any public comment, especially not at an event such as this where he's trying to you know, promote a worthwhile cause. Um, but I think, yeah, all we're going to hear about this from Charles and even from William and even from the queen, is going to be those really formal official statements out of Buckingham palace.
0: No, you're so right. They never do. It's the, that keep calm, carry on statement. But the the only thing that I can think of is when they respond to reporters is when Prince William, you know, responded to a reporter when he said that we are not a racist family, but I really can't remember any other time that they've ever said anything controversial to reporters.
1: Exactly. And that's why it's really it'd be more newsworthy if he had said something like when William made that statement, because normally they just walk on by.
0: Mm -hmm. Definitely. All right. Well, moving on to Prince Harry, this is another big story, and it's a little bit of a confusing story, too. So the Duke of Sussex applied for a judicial review regarding a previous home office decision in which he is unable to personally fund police protection for his family while he is home in the UK. So in a statement, his legal spokesperson said Prince Harry inherited a security risk at birth for life. He remained sixth in line to the throne, served two tours of combat duty in Afghanistan. And in recent years, his family has been subjected to well-documented neo-Nazi and extremist threats. While his role within the institution has changed, his profile as a member of the royal family has not, nor has the threat to him and his family. Yikes. So so basically what he is saying is that he has petitioned numerous times to have that extra security while he is home while he was there um, in this past July for the Princess Diana statue. He felt like his security was at risk. Um, so he has petitioned a few times and he has been denied. So he's kind of doing this. Uh, it seems like a last ditch effort.
1: Yeah. And I think even the publicity around it is part of that last ditch effort just Mm -hmm. to really drive home the point that he feels that he needs that additional security. And the difference that he's sort of specified is that um, Met Police security would have a certain level of intelligence knowledge and, you know, kind of would know things that a private security firm would not. Yeah. Um, And that's really what he feels, you know, where he feels the difference is, especially after um, considering he's an Afghanistan veteran and he, you know, his experience is there, but you can't fault him for really putting the safety of his family and his children as the highest priority. Oh, yeah. I'll be really interested to see how this unfolds because it doesn't look like, I don't believe there's any precedent for this. And I don't think that they're going to want to set a precedent for anybody else because it opens up for other private citizens to hire, you know, met police security. And that just doesn't seem practical um, in a day-to-day sense i'll be really interested to see how this plays out but again i can't fault harry for really prioritizing the safety of his family
0: right no i i totally agree with you i mean the safety comes first and i think you know i'm sure probably a lot of people have questions you know when when prince harry left the the royal family he was stripped of that extra security because you know he no longer they could no longer provide that for him but you would think, I mean, I I don't know, I guess it's breaking royal rules. Like, why wouldn't the royal family kind of give him that extra protection that he needs so he can visit? But like you said, it kind of takes precedent. If you do it for one, you have to do it for somebody else. But, you know, you would like to see the whole family kind of get together and in in any way to make somebody comfortable, you would feel like they would go to that length.
1: And it is Yeah, I think it is interesting because, you know, we we talk about this with Kristen later, but Princess Anne doesn't have met security. Princess Eugenie and Princess Beatrice don't have met security. You know, even... It really is reserved for the top, top tier royals um, who are working and serving the monarch in a really first and foremost role. You know, they're really front and center of this representation of the UK and of the British monarchy. So I think that it's not it's. Part of it is that Harry is a private citizen, but part of it is that he's not a working royal anymore and kind of that he has taken a step back and his role isn't as prominent. Right. I know
0: people hate when we say it, but Harry's role now is almost a celebrity. And I mean, he's like (laughs) one of the biggest celebrities in the world and like, you know, he does kind of need that protection. I know I'm going to get slammed in the comments for that one, but, you know, it's <laughs> it's true. I mean, he that's what he kind of is now. Like, so I, it's it's very it's a very delicate situation. And hopefully, like you said, we kind of talk about this more with Kristen later on. Hopefully he, does, he decides to come on his own if his family cannot.
1: Yeah, again, I I won't fault him if he feels that his children are safer at home. But I do hope that at least he makes the trip with, you know, significant private security team um, to be there to support his grandmother.
0: Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this unfolds. And this is interesting, too. So let's move on to spill the royalty, because there are some reports out there that Prince Charles actually invited Prince Harry and his family to stay with him when he travels to the UK, which I thought was interesting. We've been talking over the past couple of weeks that Prince Charles has really kind of, you know, put out these olive branches with the essay in Newsweek and things like that. And it seems like they're speaking again. So um, and he actually reached out to him a few months ago about this. Right.
1: Yeah. So it looks like Prince Charles invited Prince Harry to stay with him kind of in their private um, residence because Prince Charles misses his grandchildren. He's never met Lilibet as far as we know. Um, And I think that that was a really, you know, that was such a, a kind and really personal um, step for Prince Charles to take, you know, that was really him extending this olive branch, really trying, because I, I think we would all know that Prince Charles' residence would be significantly safer, especially yeah. in this circumstance, than a hotel or someone else's home, you know, his, the, the Clarence house where he lives would be significantly safer mm-hmm. and would kind of address any security concerns that Harry might have. So I think from Charles's point of view, this This was a big step. This was a come and stay with me. I want to meet my grandchildren. We will keep you safe. Um, Really, really trying to have Harry and Meghan and their family come to
0: London. Right. Well, and that kind of piggybacks on what we were saying before, like maybe the royal family will step in and and help them. And this seems to be a way in which they are doing so. So maybe we'll take them up with the offer. We'll have to wait and see. Um, And there are reports out there um, that, you know, that it's going to be a very bittersweet moment for Prince William when his wife, Duchess Kate, receives her new title. When Prince Charles becomes king, it's very uh, sometimes it's it's confusing that t- so many titles change when there's shifts in the monarchy. Um, but this is definitely going to be um, an historic
1: uh, title for Princess uh, Catherine. Right. So when Prince Charles becomes king, Kate will become um, the new Princess of Wales. So William will be the Prince of Wales as he is the heir to the throne. And his wife is the Princess of Wales. And that title hasn't been held since Princess Diana um, held it during her marriage. She was Diana, Princess of Wales. And it has become almost synonymous with Diana's name and her um, personality and her legacy is that of the Princess of Wales I think when Kate steps into that role it is going to be bittersweet because you know it's going to stir up so many memories of his own mother
0: yeah it's interesting like I I, you know you kind of forget because obviously the Queen has been the Queen for 70 years so titles have been in place for so long that it is definitely Mm -hmm. going to be a change it's going to be strange calling her the Princess of Wales when we've been calling her the Princess of Cambridge for so long so it is it's definitely going to be take a while to get used to I'm sure
1: I know for so long we've been told that she's not Princess Kate, she's Duchess Kate. Mm -hmm. And then one day it will be... No, she's princess. No, you can, you know, no, you can use that title now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, moving on to another story that's getting a lot
0: of pickup as well. Um, Boris Johnson's office has apologized to Buckingham Palace for two parties thrown at UK government offices at town 10 Downing Street on the eve of Prince Philip's funeral. In a statement he said, it's deeply regrettable that it that this took place at a time of national mourning. Number 10 has apologized to the palace for that. And um, I just saw he, uh, in a video interview, he is really getting um crucified for this and rightfully so i mean this was supposed this is a a day of mourning you know uh, um so and these parties went down i don't believe he was there but he is apologizing for it
1: i this has been the biggest story in the uk for the last week or two i mean front page news every single day Mm -hmm. um and i saw a great headline that said you know devoted queen deserves better than this Mm -hmm. and i think that that is So true. She's so devoted to her nation and to her government and to the prime minister. And this is really, uh, you know, it it is kind of a slap in the face that on the day that she had to sit alone at her husband's funeral during a time of state mourning, they're having these wine cocktail hours. So the big scandal is, is that um, uh, employees and sort of members of um, Boris Johnson's office were having these um, staff meetings on Friday evenings that happened to include lots of wine and cheese and merriment during the national lockdown so no one could leave their house you couldn't go to school or work weddings were canceled women were giving birth by themselves and yet number 10 was having you know cocktail hour on a weekly basis and it really became an issue when it it came out that this happened the night before Prince Philip's funeral. And I think that that was just a huge slap in the face to the queen.
0: Yeah, definitely is. And you know, like rightfully so getting a lot of pickup and, um, a lot of people are not happy about that and, you know, they shouldn't be. So Good thing that he apologized, though. Yeah, All right. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Well, the Queen's upcoming jubilee is already causing a bit of controversy. According to the Express UK, there are nearly 400,000 medals that will be handed out this year to those that serve the crown a lot of healthcare workers, frontline workers, and things like that. But it's the decision um, to reportedly present awards to members of the royal family that raise flags, in particular, the question of whether the Queen will give out medals to. Prince Andrew and non-working members of the royal family like Prince Harry and Duchess Meghan. I mean, do we really think in this scandal-filled year so far that, you know, she's going to be handing out medals to Andrew? My guess is maybe not.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Just don't see that happening. It is so interesting. I was researching this earlier today, and there are reporters who are so convinced they will not receive medals, and then there are reporters who are so convinced that they will, and it seems both sides have sources that confirm Both options <laughs> So I really think we have to wait and see I do agree with you that the optics of giving a medal To Prince Andrew right now would not Be very good yeah. um, But it, only time will tell To see if she honors Prince Harry Or Meghan in the same way Yeah, I mean, Prince Harry and,
0: and Duchess Meghan have been doing work Like they have, you know uh, you know, With their charities and things like that And, you know, the mental health So they really have been doing Their fair share of, of good deeds right. As opposed to Prince Andrew, so yes. I, I could see that. So we'll maybe, we'll see. yeah, yeah.
1: I know, like Prince ha- Prince Harry and Prince Andrew are just completely different playing fields at this point. Their are only similarities that they're not working for the family, but that's about it. But it is, you know, worth noting that Prince Harry, you know, these awards tend to um, recognize the British public or members of the British. You know, working force or charities and things like that. And because Harry is doing all of his work outside of the UK, he's not a working royal. He's not representing the British people anymore. I really wonder how that's going to play out because he is the Queen's grandson. But in this circumstance, has he earned those awards? You know, in the last few years. Right. Definitely. I think it's also going to be interesting
0: because obviously, the, you know, we'll get that balcony shot. Um, and who is going to be up there on the balcony? That that <laughs> is what I. I need to know. I mean, I don't yes. think, you know, in light of everything, probably Prince Andrew will be there. If Harry <laughs> if Harry goes, I, I wonder if he will as well. I mean, he's still a member of the family. Like he's still, you know,
1: that you have to remember that. When, what they tend to do on these big occasions is have everybody come out and then very, very few. And then everyone goes back in and then only a few people come back out again. Um, But I do agree with you. You know, I know it, it must be difficult for the queen because she was so fond of prince andrew but i don't think that he's a good representation of the family with what with everything that's going on so i don't expect we'll see him especially not up on the balcony but you know throughout the jubilee events
0: yeah definitely well we have a few more months to find out (laughs) all right well now it is time to break down the royal rules and to help us do that is kristen contino chief reporter at royal central and author of a house full of windsor take a look well kristen thank you so much for joining us today we really appreciate it Oh, thank you for having me. There have been reports going back to Prince Andrew a bit about Charles and William being very instrumental in the Queen stripping
2: Andrew of his titles. Have What have you
0: heard about that? And do you believe that that is the case?
2: Yeah, so William, in fact, was very involved in this decision and and, you know it's been said that he met with the Queen in person ahead of their announcement um, that came out last week so I think that really shows and I think that's interesting you know his growing influence and how she trusts his judgment and is you know looking for his advice and I think that's a great sign of you know things to come for William and you know how much she is relying on you know talking to him and his counsel and Charles of course was involved in that decision too but I think what a lot of people thought was interesting is, you know, Williams' um, heavy involvement in that. So I think she really is leaning on, you know, her two heirs at this time to help make those sort of big family decisions. There's a lot
0: of scandal going on this year so far, and we're just a couple of weeks into the new year, but this is also the Jubilee year. So how do you think that these recent scandals may impact the Jubilee?
2: So I think right now, you know, there is a bit of a shadow over what's supposed to be a really exciting time just Mm -hmm. with the headlines right now. But I do think as we get closer to the actual events and, you know, we're all there and celebrating and that real jubilee week in June that I think the focus will shift a bit more to her majesty and her accomplishments and, you know, what everybody's there to celebrate. But right now, I think in the lead up, there's so much focus on, of course, um, the headlines with Andrew and now with Harry's security issues. And, you know, that does Give a little bit of a backseat to the Jubilee, but I do think, you know, on February 6th, which is the official start of the Jubilee year, we'll see a little more shift towards focuses on the Queen. But right now, there is, you know, quite a lot going on, as you said. Yes, definitely.
1: Yeah. I think that, you know, everyone's looking forward to the big events in June, but you're right that, you know, the Jubilee really starts February 6th. Do we have any idea on how that might be celebrated or marked or how the Queen might spend? that day?
2: So typically she spends that day, you know, just privately marking the occasion because we have to remember it is, you know, the anniversary of her father's death. So it's a sad day for her, even though, you know, it is marking her taking the throne, it's really, you know, a private family. And, you know, anybody who has lost a family member knows that anniversary can be difficult. So that's something that she just, you know, reflects on in private at home, typically, but her being based at Windsor, you know, she may visit his grave on that day. Um, For the Diamond Jubilee in 2012, she did release a statement that was, you know, talking about her being on the throne for 60 years. So I think we will see something like that this year. Um, As for, you know, any kind of celebration or event. I don't really see that happening though. Yeah. Well, but like you said, we do have this big celebration
0: in June, a four day weekend. It's going to be uh, you know, concerts, uh, a bake off. There's a a ton of things uh, prepared, but a lot of people want to know what the fashion is going to look like. What is the queen going to wear? What's Kate going to wear? What's Megan going to wear if she comes? I mean, what do you think the
2: fashion will look like? What can you kind of predict? (laughs) I'm really excited for that part because Mm -hmm. I love to write about style. But Mm -hmm. I think if we look back to the last Jubilee, we saw, you know, some really great outfits from Kate, some Alexander McQueen, if you remember, you know, that wonderful red dress she had. And the queen, as you know, has sort of a uniform. So she has her coat dress and her hat, And I'm sure she'll have some amazing new hats for us to look forward to. (laughs) You know, I think in terms of fashion, this isn't the time for rewears necessarily. This is a big event. So we'll see some really great new and higher end pieces, especially from Kate, I think. So that's something to look forward to.
0: And shifting gears a little bit, I know that there was another big story, obviously, in the headlines this week and about Prince Harry and security and how he's not getting the security that he wants and kind of petitioning uh, for that so he can bring his family over to the UK. I mean, do you think, in your opinion, that Prince Harry is entitled to the security he is asking for?
2: So this has been an interesting story lately because, you know, as we know, I think anyone can agree, you know, members of the royal family do need some sort of protection when they're out and about. And that's just, you know, a fact. But right now, you know, he has personal security that he's paying for. And his issue is that he thinks he needs a greater police protection when he's in the UK. And I think that raises a lot of issues in terms of precedent um, because he's offering to pay for it himself, which is great, you know, so the taxpayer is. Isn't paying for that. But people are saying, well, is that um, setting a precedent for members of the public to pay the police for private security? And is the Metropolitan Police for hire? And, you know, looking at other members of the royal family, like Princess Anne, for example, she doesn't have full time security, even, you know, being a child of the monarch. So I don't know, um, you know, how that's going to play out, really. And will he end up coming if, you know, his appeal is denied? It's It's really hard to say and you can see both sides i think a lot of people can see both sides in this situation so you know i feel for him and for you know the members of the family because i don't think this is necessarily something that you know they're going to go up against the government on um, especially the queen and i know that you
0: have a book um about collecting some royal memorabilia i mean how did you come up with a house of windsor and will there be a sequel
2: so I got the idea for a house full of Windsor when I was watching an episode of Hoarders mm-hmm. on TV as one does on a boring, you know, Sunday afternoon. And I was really interested in how this woman on the episode had her relationship with her daughter and how that played into the hoarding. And the daughter was talking about how her mom's hoarding and, you know, growing up in that type of household had impacted her relationships and her career. And I thought that was really interesting to explore in fiction. So I wanted to take that and add a royal twist to it. So the character is a royal, you know fan, a huge royal fan, but she ends up uh, living in England during the 80s when Diana and Charles get married. So in the book, we see her attending the wedding in the crowd, like one of us might do um, at a royal wedding or Jubilee or something, and she starts collecting things. And as her life kind of parallels Diana's, where they're getting married at the same time, having kids at the same time, she starts collecting more and more, and it kind of leads to an obsession that destroys her marriage. And eventually she ends up on this hoarding TV show with her daughter, who It's the total opposite of her. Like she wants to disassociate herself from, you know, it's how she grew up in and she's kind of like a Martha Stewart TV expert. So they both end up on this show and it explores, you know, letting go of things from the past. But also, I think how, you know, obsession in any way, whether you're a celebrity fan or a royal fan or anything your collecting can kind of take over your life where you kind of feel like, you know, them so. Um, that's the story. But as for a sequel, I'm, I'm not ruling that out. I'm working on another project at the moment. But yeah, that that might be up next. We'll see. So
0: before we wrap up, Christine, let's go to our royal history moment of the week. And this is pretty cool because an outdoor photo exhibition is to open celebrating the special relationship between Queen Elizabeth II and Sir Winston Churchill. And I know if you are a fan of the crown or a history buff, you know that they definitely had a very close relationship.
1: Yeah, this is such a cool um, exhibit. The um, Chartwell, which is uh, Winston Churchill's family home in Kent, or was his family home in Kent, has pulled rare photos from the archive of the Queen with Winston Churchill, um, enlarged them and is putting them on display. And they're really intimate and interesting photos of two extremely powerful people during such... um, a historic period of time, and it was really interesting. It looks like it's being put on by the National Trust, which is an organization that represents these large stately homes. Mm-hmm. Um, a representative from the National Trust said that the Queen meant a great deal to Winston Churchill. So I would be so interested in seeing these photographs and seeing, you know, these hugely famous, historic, important people yeah. just being two regular people who, you know, go to each other for advice. I love that. I love that. It's such a cool thing.
0: And if you're in the area, definitely go check it out. I wish I I could. All right. Christine, thank you so much for running down All Things Royals with me. As always, it was a busy, busy week. It was a busy, busy
1: week. Maybe next week we'll be quiet. We can talk about something like hats or, you know, dresses. Something really uninteresting. You know, something really quiet and calm. Right. Yes, (laughs)
0: definitely. We'll have to... Something tells me no, though. No, (laughs) no. All right. Well, make sure to keep coming and you can keep subscribing and check back on Royally Us every Wednesday on Us Weekly's YouTube channel, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.